You know, sometimes I find it difficult to walk and chew gum. And that's why I nearly tripped on that top step up there. And you know, if I had tripped completely and totally face-planted right there, I have a strong suspicion there would have been a very loud ripple of laughter that would have made its way through this building. It would have been much like the time that we were... I was doing a wedding for a young couple several years ago, and we'd had the wedding rehearsal. And everybody had left except the bride's family and the groom and a couple of the attendants, the bridesmaids, and we were sitting around talking. And I sat on the end of one of these big folding tables, you know. And I was talking and telling a story. And all of a sudden, things started feeling rather strange. And the next thing I know, that table had completely collapsed and I'm on the floor. Everybody is going into hysterics except the groom. He comes up, he he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And then he went into hysterics. People just enjoy watching me be embarrassed, I guess. Don't know what it is. We're glad you're here. We've been talking about a passage in the Gospel according to John, John chapter 10 and verse 10. And John records there the basis of our study this morning, the past few Lord's Days and the next few Lord's Days. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus wants us to live a plentiful, a copious, a rich and bountiful life. But to live that kind of life, to live the life that Jesus wants us to live, we've got to overcome some things in our lives. We've got to conquer some things in our lives. We've got to become the master of some things in our lives. We've got to get the best out of life that there is for us to get. Now, last week we talked about getting the best out of anger and conquering anger. Well, this morning I want us to talk about a subject that's a very close relative of of anger. And that is conflicts and disagreements. We've got to get the best of conflicts and disagreements. Now, if you turn over to the gospel, if you turn over to the book of the Acts of the Apostles, you find there a story that's very interesting. And that story in the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 15 is a story about two of God's greatest saints, Paul and Barnabas. And these two great preachers have returned from their first missionary journey. And they've gone to the church at Antioch and they've reported on that mission trip and Then they have gone to Jerusalem and they reported on the mission trip to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem they have a debate there with some legalists in the church about whether Gentiles who became Christians had to be circumcised or not. Acts chapter 15 and verse 35 tells us they continued in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord. But now I want you to listen to what Dr. Luke writes beginning in Acts 15 And verse 36. And some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go again and visit our brethren in every city where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they do. 
And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by their brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the disciples. That church at Antioch, that church at Antioch, folks, was a church that had a passion. It was a church that had faith, and it was a church that had a great zeal. But you know something else they did? They struggled. They struggled with the same sins that you and I struggle with. That's the one thing I love about the Bible. The Bible tells the whole story of God's people, warts and all. In a time when kings wrote glowing description about themselves and when kings erected monuments dedicated to themselves, King David wrote Psalm 51 about his illicit affair with Bathsheba. And here's how David writes in the first three verses of Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. You see, one thing is universal about the human family. You are this way and I am this way. All of us are this way. The one universal thing that we all have in common is people always want to put their best foot forward. Left to their own devices, people only record the good moments in their lives. Sometime go and look through somebody's photo album or look through the pictures they've kept on their telephone now in our modern day and age. You'll see birthdays and weddings and anniversaries. You'll see the high points and the good times recorded in their lives. Well, here in our text in the book of Acts, we have Luke, Paul's traveling companion and Paul's personal physician. And it ought to surprise us that such a close friend of Paul's as Dr. Luke would write so candidly in Acts chapter 15 about this church fight that took place between Paul and Barnabas. It was an intense conflict. It says the contention was so sharp between them. The fact that that intense conflict between these two great saints is spoken about so candidly speaks volumes about our ability to trust the Word of God as being faithful and true. Because what we see there in chapter 15 is we see a very embarrassing situation. Paul and Barnabas, two of the greatest preachers of the first century church, commissioned by the church to go spread the gospel, and they are in a heated conflict. And we're not talking about a polite disagreement in here. 
We're talking about a very heated, a very angry exchange between these two great saints. It says, and the contention was so sharp between them. That doesn't just mean a polite little disagreement, folks. That's a very heated and very angry exchange. Here's something we need to all understand. Conflict is inevitable. Look at these two men we're talking about here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Probably the most educated Christian on the face of the earth. A man who saw Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus. A true, authentic believer. A man that's mature in his faith. A man that knows the danger of conflict in the church. A man that knows the value of peace and unity in the church. A man that will later write to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, if it be possible. As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. This man, Paul, he is truly one of the greatest Christian men who ever lived. Now look at Barnabas. You remember what his real name was? His real name was Joseph or Joseph. Barnabas was his nickname. Do you remember what his nickname meant? Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you. It meant the son of encouragement. So the greatest mind in the first century church, the man that wrote the majority of the New Testament, and the man that's known as the son of encouragement, find themselves in an intense conflict with one another. That says to me, Conflict is inevitable between any two members of the human race, even Christians. True confession time. How many of you husbands and wives, or those who have had husbands or wives, found yourself in conflict with your spouse at some time? How many of you parents found yourselves in conflict with your children at some time? How many church members have found themselves in conflict with other church members at some time? How many of you have lied about one or more of the three previous questions? Anytime you put two people together for an extended period of time, there will at some point be conflict. That's just as predictable as the fact that the sun will rise in the east in the morning. We need to realize this. A lot of folks have never realized this, but folks need to realize that Conflict is going to occur in the church. You put two Christians together and you're going to come up with at least three opinions on any given subject. It's going to happen. 
It's inevitable. Should we do everything within our power to stay out of a conflict? Absolutely. Will that always keep us from conflict? Absolutely not. Remember what Paul said in Romans twelve eighteen: As much as lieth in you, if it be possible, he said, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes, peace doesn't depend on you. Sometimes it's not possible to avoid conflict. There are occasions when it's not good for the body of Christ to avoid conflict. Sometimes the most godly thing that someone can do is confront an errant brother or sister with their sin. And you know what happens if you confront people with their sin? It's going to bring conflict. I promise. Here's what we have to do. We have to make sure that we have done everything we can personally do to be at peace with those around us. We've got to get on our knees in prayer and we've got to pray to God and be sure that our heart is right. We've got to make sure that we're not part of the gossip circle that goes around making a mountain out of a molehill. You know, I really shouldn't say anything, but did you know? Here we go. You know, I wouldn't ordinarily say anything, but I just am so concerned about the church. There we go. We've got to make sure we're not part of that gossip circle. Making mountains out of molehills. But after we've done everything we can personally do to be at peace, and after we've prayed to make sure our heart's right, and after we've made sure we're not part of the gossip circle making a mountain out of a molehill, after we've done all of that, we must realize something. Conflict in the church, conflict out of the church is inevitable, and we stop worrying about it. Now, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying and what I'm trying to say here. We need to do everything in our power to avoid needless conflict. And our hearts have to constantly be tuned to forgiveness. But we've got to realize that if we can read in Acts chapter 15... That if Paul and Barnabas can find themselves in conflict, any one of us can find ourselves in conflict also. Conflict is inevitable. It will occur. Expect it. Understand it. And deal with it as it occurs. Now listen to me. Conflict is inevitable. Fighting is not inevitable. Church conflicts don't have to become church fights. Through the years, a lot of folks haven't understood that. I'm proud of Paul and Barnabas here. They had a disagreement. And that disagreement between Paul and Barnabas 
that disagreement between Paul and Barnabas, it became a heated disagreement, folks. And both sides felt very strongly about the issue. But they did not turn that conflict into a battle. Paul and Barnabas realized there's a huge difference between a conflict and a fight. Now, here's what Paul and Barnabas could have done. Barnabas wants to take John Mark with him. Paul doesn't. Well, so what they could have done is they could have called all their friends and family together. They could have gone around to see all their friends and family members. And they could have built up an army of support. Paul could have said, can you believe what that knucklehead Barnabas wants to do? John Mark deserted us on that missionary journey. And just because they're related to each other, Barnabas thinks we ought to take him again. What do you think about that? You don't think that's right, do you? Well, no, Paul, that ain't right at all. Well, I wish you'd get a hold of Barnabas and tell him that. And Barnabas says, you know, I'm so disappointed in Paul. I wouldn't want to tell you this, really, but I'm just, I thought Paul was such a fine Christian. But he just doesn't have a forgiving heart. Just because John Mark deserted us on that missionary journey, Paul doesn't want to take him again. He doesn't want to give him another chance. What do you think? You don't think that's right, do you? Well, I guess not. Do you, do you really think that shows Paul being a forgiving person? Well, no, that's not really. I wish you'd go tell Paul what you think about that. Does that sound familiar? Paul and Barnabas didn't do that. They didn't get a hold of friends and family members and try to build an army, and they didn't try to force their friends to take sides in their conflict. They didn't call in favors and start a gossip campaign to try to smear each other about it. They didn't organize into groups of them and groups to us and polarize a church. They didn't wage war, folks. They waged peace. Look again at verses 39 and 40. The con- contention was so sharp between them, they were parted asunder. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren of the grace of God. Now, if that doesn't sound like peace to you, then you don't understand a very important principle that's being demonstrated here. Sometimes, the most godly thing two Christians can do is go their separate ways. But here was an issue that Paul and Barnabas had. And you want me to tell you something? They never were going to agree on this issue. History doesn't record it. The Bible doesn't speak of it. But knowing the life and the history and the reputation of Paul and Barnabas, I firmly believe that though the Scripture doesn't record it, I firmly believe that Paul and Barnabas sought common ground and tried to find common ground on this issue. 
I can't see the apostle who wrote in Ephesians 4, 22 and 20, or 4, 26 and 27, Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. I can't see the apostle that wrote that, breaking off that commitment to Barnabas without first exhausting every possible way to resolve that disagreement. I'm confident they tried to work it out and they just couldn't. Sad thing is, in our day and time, a lot of folks don't even try to work it out. They just hit the road. Sometimes folks can't work it out and they can't agree. Sometimes that happens between good men and good women. Sometimes folks just can't find common ground. And sometimes the most godly thing people can do is go their own way. Over in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 in the Old Testament, Amos said, Can two walk together except they be agreed? But separation does not have to be ugly. Separation does not have to be done in such a way that those separating themselves do as much positive damage as possible to those they're separating from. Paul and Barnabas knew they'd never agree. And I believe that both those men held firm to their moral values. And both men went their own way. But they went to their own way and they did not hold on to any bitterness. And they did not hold on to any anger. And church history in the Scriptures nor in secular church history does not record any lingering hostility between those men. The Scriptures record in no place any negative words that either of them spoke. And God blessed them both richly in their ministries. Conflict is inevitable. Fighting is not inevitable. Conflict can make us better. Or conflict can make us bitter. That conflict between Paul and Barnabas was contentious. It was intense. It was so intense that they split. They went their separate ways. And that could have made those two men bitter. Paul could have quit preaching, heartbroken over the breakup of their partnership. Barnabas could have said, well, this is just not worth it, and left the church. Bitter and jaded over the mean-spirited hypocrites he had fought with. Paul and Barnabas could have become bitter, antagonistic enemies of the church and each other. But they didn't. This is on the final exam. Conflict can make us better. Or it can make us bitter. We can nurse our wounds and our injustices, and we can become bitter enemies of each other and of God. Or we can love those we don't agree with and continue for the kingdom of God. I'm going to share 12 words with you. These are 12 words that hold families together. These are 12 words that hold marriages together. They hold friendships together. And they hold churches together. I was wrong. 
I am sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Those twelve words hold it together. May the God of heaven help us to put those words into practice and mean it. They'll go a long way toward improving life when we have a conflict. You know, here's the thing. If there's sin in your life, then you have a conflict with Jesus Christ. And maybe you need a full, complete surrender of your life to His life. Maybe you need to make Jesus the Lord and Master of your life. Maybe you need to do it for the very first time, or maybe you need to come back to the Lord as the prodigal of Luke chapter 15. Whatever the need. If there's unresolved conflict between you and Jesus Christ, now's the time to make that right as we stand and while we sing.